Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to, the, to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And guards shook for fear and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There, will, uh, there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and and ran uh, to bring his disciples word and as they went out went to tell his disciples uh, behold jesus met him them saying rejoice so they came and and held him by the feet and worshiped him then jesus said to them do not be afraid go tell my brethren to go to galilee and there they will see me let's pray Uh, father god we thank you so much for today we do pray and Thank you just for all the hands and feet and and voices that uh, helped put this together today. Uh, We just pray and ask that we would come before you, be ready to hear your word. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity to be here uh, and and to be alive today, you know, to celebrate the resurrection, to celebrate that you, uh, your son has risen. And uh, at the same time, I pray that if there's anyone here or anyone online that is seeking Jesus this morning, that you'd find him in the scriptures and that you would come to know him personally. We thank you, Lord. And I do pray and just lift up Miss Donna and just pray for her leg for healing, Teresa's mom's shoulder for healing. And uh, we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated. Can't, if, it, if, if it can't get loud, it's fine. I can get loud. Then I'll, as long as it's picking up for the, the audio, it's fine. Then I'll. All right, so last week uh, we were in the triumphal entry. We looked at the triumphal entry as Jesus entered and came to be worshipped. The only time in his ministry that he was worshipped as a king. And, and he came in humbly on a, on a colt. And this week, we went over, on Wednesday, we went over the week of Jesus leading all the way up into uh, the crucifixion. Now, part of your homework was to read Matthew chapter 27 and, and, and try to watch Passion of the Christ or something in that form. 
but at the end of the day, well, I'm going to pick it up in Matthew 27 and 57 because there are some prophecies that were uh, fulfilled uh, that we need to kind of talk about. And uh, in Matthew 27, 57, verses 66, it says, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Now this is again another prophecy being fulfilled as Joseph is as asking for the body of Christ. It's another thing of, of, of Joseph stepping out and being defined as a disciple of Jesus now. And so in Isaiah 53 verse 9 it says, And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had, no, had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. We also know that Nicodemus uh, came as well in John 19.39. And Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds in weight. And so now Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, is proclaiming to be a follower of Christ as well. Now, he would have given up everything when he does this. His power... His, his title, his money. Just to say that he was a follower of Christ. He lost it all, but he gained Christ. He gained the resurrection. In verse 59 it says, And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen, linen shroud and laid it in his own tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, the day of the preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how the impostor said, while he was, uh, he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Let his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he is risen from the dead and, the, and lest the fraud will be worse than the first. Now what we see here is that the Pharisees and the scribes, remember we talked about this, whitewashed tombs. They look great on the outside, but they're dead bones on the inside. There's nothing alive. And what do they do? They remembered that Jesus was going to rise three days, which is in Scripture. And yet they missed the Messiah. And the disciples forgot as well. In verse 65, it says, Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as, as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. So now we get to the resurrection. Understand that when the Roman guards are there, they actually send the best guards. Because this is something that has to keep the balance in Jerusalem. And Pilate, remember, he was a people pleaser. All he cared about was making sure that Rome didn't hear about any unrest in Jerusalem. And so what he's going to do is send his men and have them seal the tomb and guard it. And this is what happens at the resurrection. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. 
His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Now, a lot of times when we see uh, angels in the Bible, the first thing that happens is people are afraid. They're created. They're separate from humans, created by God. And these are, these are men who have fought wars who pass out. They're done. This angel comes down, and he's coming down in victory. It says, But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. It's funny, the disciples are held up in a room, and the women, the women are the first ones. They're in their mind, Jesus is dead, but they just need to be with Christ. They just need to be with Christ. And I love what the angel says. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we open God's word, we should be seeking Jesus. We want to hear from, I hear that all the time. I want to hear from God, but you never open your Bible. You never pray. You don't come to church. And I love the courage of the women because they... They were boldly like, I'm going to the tomb. They can't roll away the stone. They can't. But they boldly went. While the men were huddled up, whining about all the things that they did with Jesus and how Jesus wasn't there. But the angel of the Lord uh, said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where he lay. He's not here. He's not here. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. A couple things that are very important in that scripture is the first thing they're told is to come and see. The whole point of us going over the scriptures through the triumphal entry all the way up until the resurrection is you need to be able to explain to people why Jesus was resurrected. How many of you have sat in a Catholic church and wondered why is the Jesus that is supposed to be resurrected back on the cross? When I went to catechism school, I asked that question. I got stuck in the corner. Because they thought I was being cute. I was, I was being serious. Because I was like, if he's resurrected, why is he back on the cross? He tells them, come and see. Come and see. And that's for us, is that we are to come and see. And then I love what he says. And Jesus tells them to do what? Go and tell. As followers of Christ, that's your responsibility is to go and tell. 
tell people about Jesus, that he's been resurrected, that he has risen, that he's defeated death. And who did he entrust this news to? The biggest news in the history of the world is entrusted to who? The women that were seeking him. They're the first evangelist. They go and tell the disciples, hey, Jesus is alive. Come and see. And go tell them that, hey, we got to meet him in Galilee. It's a clear vision of, of, of the cross. It's a clear vision of his resurrection from the grave. We are to go and tell people that Jesus has risen. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were dead in our sins, he still went to the cross for you. And for me. And the Apostle Paul speaks about Christ in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 10. It says, But whatever I gain, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of, of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. This is a man that was going to be probably the chief priest and have power and money and influence and it's all rubbish because he gained Christ. He lost all of that but he gained Christ. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that, I, that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and, and the power of his resurrection. I may know and I may share his sufferings because like him in his death. The moment that Jesus dies on the cross when he says to die, it's finished. Death has been defeated. The debt of sin can be paid. We have to turn from our sin. We have to repent. And we ask Christ into our heart. There's a prophecy that, that Jesus had told them about this in Luke chapter 24 and 25, um, in verses 25 through 27. It says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow to heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken, ought not the Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in the scriptures these things concerning himself. He was like, it's in the scriptures. It was always there. You missed it. If you're looking for Christ, it's in the scriptures. We've given you just this week alone prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that had been fulfilled by Jesus. And when Peter was, was ministering in the town square in Acts chapter 2, verses 22-24, it says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as yourself. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and the foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by his hands of lawless men. God raised him up loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. 
in, in, in the book of Matthew alone, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Matthew 16, 21, Matthew 17, 9, in uh, chapters 22 and 23, and in Matthew 20, 19, all speak about the resurrection. He told the disciples over and over and over, and they never got it. They wanted a king that was going to take over Rome. They wouldn't understand how this man could suffer and die for them. And they forgot that he would rise up in three days. That's why the angel says, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. The angel sits on the... the the stone and it's like it's victory the stone's been rolled away and it's been said that the stone was rolled away for not for Jesus but for you do you realize when the stone was sealed that's your darkness stones open up the light comes in that's Jesus All faith hinges on this one event. And I can tell you there's, no, there's an empty tomb, but there's a tomb that Muhammad still has filled. There's a tomb that, that Joseph Smith still has filled. And this was given to us by eyewitnesses, eyewitness reports, people that actually saw Jesus after the resurrection. Right? In 1 Corinthians uh, 15, verses 3 through 9, it says, For I deliver to you for, uh, for you as for importance what I have also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according with scriptures, and that he appeared to Caiaphas. So he appears to the chief priest that lied. The chief priest that said, We need to go seal the tomb up. He appeared to him. Can you imagine? And when he dies, and he takes his last breath on this earth, he appears to him to be judged. Then he appeared to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of all are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles, last of all, as one of the untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. That's the apostle Paul. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 9, he says, like, if, if, you, if, if we believe in this thing and it's not true, we are to be pitied as Christians. And, and I can tell you the resurrection is true. So do not be afraid. Go and tell. Go and tell. That's our job. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you, and to uh, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's a command that we've been all given to go and tell people about Jesus. So, what are the results 
of the resurrection. The results of the resurrection are simply this, and this is what I entitled the, the sermon. In John chapter 11, as Lazarus, uh, as Martha is talking to Jesus about Lazarus, uh, in John chapter 11, verse uh, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's a question that Jesus poses. Do you believe this? This is one of the I am statements out of the book of John. I am. Remember in Moses. Who do you say sent me? I am. That's why it says, And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So one of the results of the resurrection is we have access to God. We can be forgiven of our sins. I feel like I'm back in the old building. <laughs> in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, it says, Then behold... The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earthquake and the rocks were split. So at his death, it is finished. There was an earthquake. The veil's torn, but you, you need to make sure you get that. From top to bottom. Not from bottom to top. We don't work our way to God. From God, top to bottom. He sent his son Jesus. It's His holy presence that we have access to now. And that's granted through what Jesus did on the cross. That's why when He says it's finished, it is finished. There's nothing else that needs to be done except for you to repent and give your heart to Christ. That's it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The debt is paid. You repent, you turn from your sin, you ask Christ into your heart, the debt is fully paid. He gave his life so that we, we could receive his righteousness. So when God looks at you, he sees his son, you're covered in the blood of Christ. You're sealed. You belong to Him. Your past, your present, your future sin. And it tells us in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no longer uh, be enslaved to sin. Now, a lot of people, what I know happens is a lot of people give their life to Christ and they think I got a ticket to heaven and they just go on and live their life anyway and that's not what you're supposed to do uh, when you give your heart to Christ what you understand is you understand the cost of the sin and you sin less in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 Paul tells us why what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not certainly not We have to understand that our, our account has been paid in full and it's infinite. Infinite. 
And you can't do that. You can't do that. I can't do that. And you go, well, I don't know how to live this life. Right? How do I live this life as a Christian and not sin? You don't know me. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit is how you live this life. That's the other result of the resurrection. You have the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verses 18 through 19, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. It says, because I live, I, you will live too. Jesus shares his resurrection life with us, and it's shared through us through the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. The moment that you give your heart to Christ, you repent of your sins, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. He tells us that, that it's better for me to leave, Jesus. In John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. You need the Helper. You need the Holy Spirit. It's that thing when you know you're not supposed to be doing something, and it, what are you doing? Your conscience. It's in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit telling you stop. Right? And Jesus says, it's better for me to go. Somebody did the math on this, and it was kind of crazy. as They looked at the amount of people that we had in the world. And if we could have our time with Jesus, if Jesus didn't go and we could have our time with Jesus, you would have a half a second. What are you going to say in that time? You're not going to get out of, uh, you're not going to get next person. And you get that once in a lifetime. Do you understand why you need the helper? Why you need the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit that helps you understand the Word of God. You, if you don't understand something in God's Word, you ask God. He'll give it to you through the Spirit. I can't read the Scriptures. He'll help you. We need the Spirit. Unfortunately, a lot of people deal with the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. So, this is how you know if you're not living correctly as a Christian. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warned you before that who, uh, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You need to repent of those things. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified in the flesh with the passions and desires. It's like you've been resurrected. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to pick up your cross daily and die to yourself. And that's where most people struggle. They don't want to die to self. We live in a culture now where everything's about self. Really. Think about it. Everybody posts pictures of meat, burgers, everything. I mean, it's like, I don't really care what you ate, bro. 
Right, you get you get all kinds of stuff. Let me show a new dance move and you're over there dancing. I'm like, I don't need to see that. But that's how our culture is. It's about self. And Christ is saying you need to die to self. I love this verse because it's so evident as we as we look at the flesh and the spirit. One of the things that I love is that the resurrection result is also eternal life. John 10.10 says this. This is the verse, the part of the verse everybody remembers. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? That's the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we forget the other part of the verse. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is saying, look, yes, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life. So why are you going to follow the world? Stop. He's telling you he's going to give you an abundant life, an eternal life. The moment that you give your life to Christ, eternity starts in that moment. In that moment. Everything you do from that moment on. When you go to the beam of seat of judgment, will be rewards or no rewards. You may come in putting yourself out like a fire. But you're in heaven, right? But everything that we do, serving, everything we do at home, serving your husband, serving your wives, serving your kids, it's all being watched by the Lord. And you're going to, at the beam of seat of judgment, all that stuff's going to play out. And, and what happens is, and, and I, I love Austin Carlyle showed it, and it's, a, it's something from Francis Chan, and he had a big long rope that went all the way off the stage, and he had it marked about this much. And he tells you that this is your life, and that's eternity. And this is what you're focused on, and not that. What's wrong with you? You're trying to store up all this treasure that's going to be burnt up. This world has an expiration date. You don't because you belong to him. In Revelation 12, 12, it says, Therefore, O rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down in great wrath because he knows his time is short. The reason why we see the things the way they are right now in this world, the reason why we see death and we see sin and we see disease and we see wars, it's because the devil's time is coming to an end. Jesus Christ will return. Now, on the cross, the, the lamb was slain, the perfect lamb for the sins of the world. When he returns, it is the lion, the conquering king, the king of kings, that will come to judge this earth. Remember, I told you the verse. He comes to do what? To make war. It's not going to be the same Jesus. Right? Not the ones you see all long-haired hippie Jesus. I don't know where that comes from. Jesus is from the Middle East. So we need to, let's, let's just deal with that first, right? Okay? Probably looks more like Reuben. And Reuben looks like he could be Hawaiian, just like I, 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 whenever we were in Hawaii, Teresa, they would say, hey, you're Hawaiian. But it would, it would look more like Reuben, not like me, matching long hair, right? And it's not this gentle, that was the lamb. 
The one that comes is going to be the conquering king. And the devil's time comes to an end. And those who choose not to follow Christ, their time comes to an end as well. Eternity for them is spent in hell. They will go to the great white throne of judgment. Do you see why you're supposed to go and tell? Because they will go to hell. And people don't want to talk about that. We want to try to be loving. and We need to be serious about what God's word says. His time is, is coming to an end, the devil. The next thing that's going to happen is the rapture. There's nothing else that has to be done. So, Jesus can return in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Like that. At any time. Think about what he would catch you doing. That's why it tells you to, he tells his disciples, he tells them to what? Look up. To keep looking up. Keep focused on me. Don't be focused on this world. He tells them, he gives them the, the sign of it. And he says in Matthew 24, verses 3 through 8, and he says, Set on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age. And Jesus answered, saying, Answer them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you're not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations. That's happening now. And kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of birth pains. They're all but the beginning of birth pains. And then Jesus also said in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have, you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So as we see things are, are, are crazy in this world, you're to have peace. If the Christians don't have peace, who does? Right? So when we see the craziness that's happening in the world, we're not supposed to freak out. We're supposed to look up. Because it should make us excited that Jesus is coming back. He's coming for us. He's always with us. And the last result of the resurrection is that death it, it, it holds has no death has no hold over the follower of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 44, uh, 54, it says, When the, imper uh, the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the, the saying that it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, this is what we're supposed to be as Christians. My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That your labor is not in vain. I think about this morning. First one here was Miss Elba. All this stuff that you see, 
decorated as Miss Elba. And then worship came in and they started practicing. And then chairs had to be put out and, and sound is all over the place. But we're here. And it takes all of us to be able to do that. We're, we're, we're doing the work of the Lord. Right? You're abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what you're supposed to be doing. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 10, it says, But God, being rich in his mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I love that. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated up with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming age he might show his immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one, or no may, no one may boast. See, we have to understand that death is not our last breath. When we take our last breath here on earth, we're born into heaven. You die here on earth, but you're born into heaven. When you have somebody that you love, and a lot of us had people that passed away during COVID. I shouldn't have said that because now they're going to... They'll track the, track the video now. Uh, the thing is, is we had people that we loved that we lost. But the ones that I knew, they were believers. The moment they took their last breath here on this earth, they were born into heaven. I'll see them again. You'll see me again. Death has no victory. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm eternal. That's what you need to be telling people. I'm eternal. You can't kill me, bro. Well, you can here, but not there. See, if we're to be steadfast and immovable, we need to have that same joy of knowing, hey, whatever happens here, it happens. Okay? That's why I didn't freak out. Everybody was freaking out over the last three years. I'm like, why? You, you have Christ. You need to remember that. You're going to be born into heaven one day. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 and 44, it says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown perishable, what is raised imperishable, what is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. And what is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. And what is sown in the natural body is raised in a spiritual body. And if the natural body is there, it also is a spiritual body. You will have a new body. Every one of us. And so the question you have to ask yourself, are you, are you ready to meet the Lord? Because that's the question that people struggle with. If I had to meet, if the twinkling of the eye happened right now, the rapture, are you still going to be here? You're going to turn around and like, where did everybody go? Why am I still here? We've got to live for the Lord. We need to be steadfast and immovable. You have an Abba Father. He loves you. When you give your life to Christ, you belong to Him. You're His children. It says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, 
Uh, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. You're His sons and daughters. You need to remember that. Yes, we all have an appointed time for death. You're not getting out of that. Nobody has. Okay? But you have victory over it. Your loved ones will see you again. Does that mean that you won't have emotions of, I miss them? Yes, you will. But you should have some security in your heart of knowing, I'm going to see them again. And if you don't know if you're going to see them again, what are you supposed to do? Come and, come and show them who Jesus is and go and tell them, this is what the resurrection means. So I'm going to read that verse to you one more time because this is a question that Jesus poses to each one of us. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We all have to be able to answer that question. And then in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me... Though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who believes and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.